Welcome back to the MLS Net Boys podcast. My name is Chase. I'm here with my good friend Jacob after a heart-wrenching Timbers performance. How are you doing today, Jacob? Timbers played today? <sighs> Unfortunately, they did. It's like our one day a week just to be disappointed in ourselves and our team. I'm getting real sick of opening these up and starting the podcast like that dude, i'm starting to feel like timbers fan tv because i feel like when geo does well i'm just like dude geo win i freaking love geo he did great this week and then it's like next two weeks i'm just like what is this guy doing in our club geo out big sam in are you are you willing to go on the record and say geo out this what, next week is big if, this, this if he loses week... to seattle will you be geo out oh man i want to say like, if we enter the League's Cup break time and we're below the playoffs and we're still not looking great, I'd be I'd be Geo out, I think. It's just tricky. He just signed his extension in the offseason. Yeah, I, that is a, that's a tough one, man. Like, And he has had a pretty poor hand dealt this year. But that being said, I feel like he hasn't adjusted well like with what he's been dealt at the same time. You know what's weird, and I literally just thought of this. We haven't discussed this before, but last week we were talking about how MLS has a tendency to hold on to managers way too long. Do you think that's just going to become like more prevalent with playoffs becoming easier for like more teams to achieve? Like managers just going to get held on to because they barely squeak into ninth place. Um, I think it depends on the club. I think some of the more ambitious clubs, no, I don't think so. But like, I think like you're. This is going to be mean, but like your Rapids, your Dynamo, your your Minnesotas, those teams that aren't super like ambitious, it doesn't feel like. I think they're more content with like holding on to a guy. Although some of those teams, like I feel like have, you know, showed like they are willing to rotate. Not Minnesota, actually. They've had Adrian Heath their entire tenure, but that's an interesting, interesting thing to ponder. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting seeing how the league kind of shapes up as it's like entering this new phase that we're we're going into. But that's enough uh, enough banter about the league. Let's move on to some scores um, after this weekend's action. What, what do we got up first, Jacob? Week 15 of MLS is in the books. Had a lot of U.S. Open Cup that we will not cover, but... Montreal hosted Miami. This feel like is one it kills, of it kills you to say that, dude. <laughs> one of these times, I will get into it in the weeds with the U.S. Open Cup. But Montreal hosted Inter Miami. This is one of our games of the week. We predicted. I opted for a one nil Montreal win. Chase opted for a one nil Miami win. I ended up being dead on. Montreal wins one to zero over Inter Miami. Screw. Inner Miami, dude. The one time I put some faith in these guys, and they just—they must be listening to this podcast. Yeah, it—the big Kamal Miller comeback <laughs> game after being gone for like eight days. The Kamal Miller rivalry did not did not help us out too much. I mean, he did play in this game, so I wonder what it was like for him going up against his old team so quickly. But Bryce Duke coming out the better the better end of that game. Really, really. Unexpected, but surprising. Next up, crazy game in New England. New England Revolution hosting Chicago Fire. 3-3 draw. Chicago had a 2-0 lead. They blew. 
New England tied it up, and then Chicago went up three to two, and then New England tied it up almost immediately after. Chicago Fire blowing two goal leads this season has been unbelievable. This team is unbelievable. If they like managed all these points where they were leading late in the game and didn't capitalize, I feel like they'd be like top five in the league. Yeah, really interesting. Um, like, kind of just sad to see it happen to them because, like, like you said at the beginning of the season, it's like a team that we all think their fan base deserves more, and they're finally like building towards something. They, it's, I mean, they're clearly onto something now. Shakiri's kind of hitting form. Um, Brian Gutierrez is becoming like a crucial part of this team to the point where you know they didn't let him go to the U twenty national uh, national team for the World Cup. Um. But man, they need to sort some stuff out in the back. They they can't just be leaking goals. I know it's uh you know the Revs and they're they're a solid team, top of the East right now or second place in the East, I believe. But still, man, they got to figure that out if they're going to contend for anything this year. Yeah, Josie and Bobby Wood scoring for the Revs. <laughs> what year is it here? It's like a 2016 Gold Cup roster, dude. <laughs> um, big uh. Big win for Philadelphia up next. New York City FC hosting Philadelphia. Philly wins 3-1 on the road. Another prediction game for us, and another one I got spot on. I predicted 3-1 Philly on the road. Chase predicted 2-0 Philly. Dude, what are you doing for these predictions? What the heck? Where, <laughs> where's the where's the magic eight ball you're, you're just shaking up before you make these guesses? It's just way too much time spent appreciating MLS over the years. <laughs> during school, during work, wherever I'm at, just investing myself in this league. Um, yeah, Julian Carranza with a brace, Gazdag with a penalty. Uh, Philly, once again, just doing their thing and rounding back into form to to get through this middle part of the season. Next, we got Orlando hosting Atlanta. Another prediction round for us. I said 1-0 Orlando. Chase said 2-1 Atlanta. We were both wrong. It was a 1-1 draw. Kyle Smith scores for Orlando City, the fullback, and then Tyler Wolf scores for Atlanta United, one point apiece. Is he related to Owen Wolf in any way? They're brothers, actually. Became the first, uh, this is like a week or two ago, but they became the first, like, three people and a family member, like immediate family to score. Cause oh, that's right. Josh Wolf, the coach... Now, but former player, and then Owen Wolf, and then now Tyler Wolf for Atlanta. It's kind of odd the amount of like, like random like kids and like brothers you see like in MLS. It's becoming like more and more prevalent. Yeah, yeah, it's it is kind of interesting because it thinks think about how rare it is to become a professional athlete just in general, and then when you have like two or three from like the same like close family, it's kind of weird. I think Kate Cowell's brother just signed uh, a contract for San Jose, like yeah. a fifteen-year-old brother. Dude, wait till uh, Adrian Heath's grandchildren make it into the league, and he's still coaching at Minnesota, and just <laughs> gives them a spot like he gave his son at every job he ever had. That's <laughs> no more Adrian Heath slander on the podcast this week. Um, <laughs> Toronto FC hosting DC United. Toronto in the news for all the wrong reasons, but they get a 2-1 win over D.C. <laughs> Benteke scores the seventh of the year for D.C., but you want to you wanna lay into some of the drama with the, the Italian movement here? What the heck is going on in Toronto, dude? I mean, 
I don't think we covered it last week. I, th- I think it happened after we did the podcast, but Bernadeschi coming out, kind of throwing throwing some little bit of I don't even, a little bit of slander towards Bob Bradley, saying there's no tactics that the players are trying their best, but they don't know what to do, which is kind of it's hard to believe with you know Bob Bradley's reputation of being like one of the most like tactically like adept like managers in the league, and then. Not only that happening with Bernadeschi, but also him getting left out of the squad for being caught vaping at like the training facility or the locker room or in, something in the plane. In the plane, <laughs> after they Dude. repeatedly told them not to. Apparently, how does how does anybody take this guy serious anymore? Him or Insigne? Like both these guys have just showed up, and it's like they obviously to me it seems like they don't care. Like Insigne, just it seems like they're there just to take a check and. It's really sad because I honestly believe if you didn't have Insigne or Bernadeschi in Toronto, they, this team would be far better off. You think so? Yeah, it's it's interesting because a lot of Toronto fans are like taking the side of Bernadeschi because they're like, oh, bro, Bob Bradley's ruined this club. And they'll post like Bernadeschi at like a Toronto base. Where did, do you know the Toronto baseball team's name? Uh, is it the Maple Leafs? Oh, it's the Blue, Blue Jays. Jays. The Blue Jays. He'll be like at a Blue Jays or a Toronto Raptors game, and people are like, look how bought in he is for the club, but my man can't put his vape pen away. It is really interesting because on the broadcast today for the Sunday games, uh, we're recording on Sunday, but one of the MLS commentators talking about this whole situation, they were talking about Bob Bradley is like used to this kind of like, like pressure, actually, like where – when he was coached at Egypt for the Egypt, Egypt national team, there was like all this political unrest and like all this terrible stuff going on in the country, but he kind of banded the locker room together. So kind of curious to see what happens. I think they stick with him for a bit, honestly. I would hope so. Dude. If I was Toronto, I know it's like your big money signings, but just drop the Italian pricks, dude. These guys suck. These guys suck. Like what? Yeah. This guy played for Juventus, Juventus, like big whoop. Man shows up like just what a joke. I mean, hasn't really done anything in MLS, and then he feels like he has the right just to like just talk crap about one of the best like MLS coaches of all time. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like maybe you agree with them, but it's like why why put yourself in that position where you're like you're criticizing your own coach? Like, there's no positive in my opinion of that. Take it to the coach himself. Like, be a man. Maybe he did. But it just seems kind of cowardly to go to the media and do all of this, this indirectly. This reeks of a player who thinks he's bigger than the club. It's really similar to like you see guys in Europe do like Neymar and Bappe, like some of those really big personalities who think they're bigger than the club they play for. They do this kind of stuff because they, you know, they don't get the what they want, whether it's like the way the the lineup is, the way they're training, whatever it is. He might not like Bob Bradley's style. Giorena. <laughs> Next hey, up. No Gio Reyna disrespect, man. Came I, off the bench to give two assists to almost help Dortmund to the, and then the his, trophy. And then his mom and dad called the Bundesliga and told him off. Hey, man, I I won't get into it, but I'm, I'm a Gio Reyna fan. I don't like his parents, but I like the man himself. Uh, I, You know what? We will get into it later. <laughs> Next up, Houston Dynamo <laughs> in another... I feel like the Houston, one of the Houston match, like there's been a huge Houston matchup every week, like the past four weeks, honestly. 
But another Houston rivalry. I couldn't speak there for a minute. Uh, Houston. Wait, wait. <laughs> you said there's been a Houston matchup the past four weeks? Uh, a Texas matchup is what I meant. Oh, okay. Like, I was going to say, I hope Houston's been playing every week. <laughs> <laughs> the Copa Tejas. Ignore that. I had to take my, my allergy medicine because it's, it's getting to pollen season in Oregon here. and Man's half asleep. He only has one eye open for this podcast <laughs> right now. Houston Dynamo. At the Fortress of BBVA Stadium in Houston, <laughs> with Ben Olsen at the home, beats Austin 2-1, to one. Hector Herrera scores, Ivan Franco scores his first goal for the Dynamo, and then Zardes scored for Austin FC, but it was, Aust- it was uh, Zardes' 100th goal in the league, so congrats yeah, to him. congrats to him. That's a huge achievement for... Uh... A guy who's been in the league for his whole career now? I don't know. I, don't I know. think he's, this is... How old, how old is Giassi Zardes? I don't know how old he is, but I want to say he started in like 2013. He's been around forever. I mean, back when he started at, uh, back when he started at LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy, that's he's right. He's now 31 years old. That is insane to think about. I remember watching him when he was like young at LA Galaxy and... You know, you talk about why he had his hair dyed blonde and everything. Was, do you know the story behind that? It's for his grandma, right? Yeah, or, so she could actually tell who he was on the field. He seems like like the most like wholesome, like lovable guy you'd want on your team, honestly. And the, the slander the man gets when he just because he played on the national team. But say what you will about Zardes, the guy worked his tail off every single time for the national team. You know what I think of when I think of Zardes scoring goals? It's not even about him, but you you know that Chicharito goal for Manchester United where he kicked it into his own face and scored? Yes. That's what I think. That's how, like, Zardes scores, like, 90% of his goals. He just is, like, the most, like, uncoordinated. It looks like a like somebody just kind of running into the ball and, like, accidentally hitting it into the net. See, the thing is, we always critique his touch and his, like, technical ability, but have you seen the F2 Freestylers video where they did, like, an American tour? And they had Zardes on an episode, and my man was just hanging in with those guys in, like, a street soccer court, just, like, doing these freestyle, like, passes between each other, keeping the ball up. Everybody watch it. Yeah, I don't know. I Congrats, congrats, Giassi Zardes. Um, it only took you 10 years to get 100 goals. <laughs> yeah, I remember he's played on some crappy teams, though. Like, the, the Galaxy, you know, were pretty good his first couple years and then they just fell off a cliff i remember he was playing like right back sometimes for the (laughs) galaxy i don't know who thought of that but then he was like dominant for the crew for like a few seasons won another cup there so my man's got two cups respect to him definitely a guy that'll you know it's one of those guys that at the end of his career the commentators can be like definitely a player that goes down in the history books of mls and then nobody's going to talk about him 10 years after he retires but except for people like us <laughs> when we're just like we're doing another who am i in like 10 years <laughs> and i'm going to describe giassi's art as his like career path and you'll know exactly who i am saying he's like gonna first clue he's gonna come up like alan gordon like <laughs> somebody niche like that Man doesn't have nearly as good of locker room pictures as Alan Gordon, though. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Next up, a thrilling one-to-one draw. Minnesota United hosting RSL. Draw. Saverino and a Justin Gladone goal. Boring. Yeah, all I can say is I just really dislike Minnesota now. Although I would have taken a draw for my team this weekend. St. Louis hosting Vancouver. They went 3-1 to one at home. 
uh, the lad who just graduated high school, Miguel Perez, scores in stoppage time. Two wins in a row. Two big wins in a row for St. Louis getting back on track. Yeah, what a storyline for that guy. Um, Miguel Perez graduated high school and then two days later gets his first MLS goal. Um, huge for him. Uh, you were saying before the podcast, kind of crazy that they already have a better academy than the Timbers do. And they, <laughs> they haven't even been in the league for a year. That's nuts. Uh, next up, Colorado Rapids hosting Cincinnati. Cincinnati wins 1-0 on the road. Dominic Badgie scores at his old stomping grounds for FC Cincinnati. And FC Cincinnati keeps the pace at the top of the league, 33 points. By far the best points per game at 2.36 points per game. They've only lost one game. That's crazy. Good good for Cincinnati, dude. They have been nuts this season. Definitely on course for top of the East, without a doubt. Possibly Supporter Shield if they keep it up. But real quick, Dom Baji, is he older or younger than Jossie's artist? Oh, man. This is so... Because man has been in the league forever. Oh, boy. I'm going to say younger. He is one year younger than Jossie Zardes. That guy, I feel like, has been in the league forever, and he'll just be completely absent for a full year and then come back and score, like, five goals, and everybody talks about him as if he's, like, the best player on the team. But, I mean, it's not hard to do when you're playing for teams like Colorado. Are you disrespecting the Rapids? I absolutely am. I am not a Rapids fan, but... Robin Frazier's building something out there for the boys. You know, speaking of two random players being older, I saw this weird thing on Twitter. You know Jesse Lingard is older than Harry Kane? Really? Yes. That is insane. Jesse Lingard is kind of one of those sneaker builds. Like, that guy just, like, you don't think he's, like, as old as he is, but, like, he kind of, he's he, he's just like a, he's like a weird old guy that acts like a teenager. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of he has that like Paul Pogba. He has that persona still, but the man's almost thirty. And, <laughs> no, he is thirty actually. It's so funny because even when he plays, like I feel like commentators will still be like, "Well, this youngster." Like they talk about, like you see that a lot with like English players, especially. They talk about them like they're still like these really young players, and then they're like twenty five. It's like it's my pet peeve when I watch like any Champions League games, and you watch them just fawn over these random English talents, and then it's like they. Everything that happens with, like, the Spanish or the German teams, it's just like, oh, and a goal. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse oh, Lingard man. seems like he's locked in to be, like, a DP for Inter-Miami. Dude, yes. I could I could see him coming to the league. Dude, British a, people a... love Florida. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I could, see, I could see why. It seems like a good vacation spot. It's not like they have to travel terribly far. It's not like L.A. where they'd have to travel across the whole U.S. to get to it. Absolutely. They got nice beaches, good parties. A lot of people spray tans like most British blokes. Moving on. LA Galaxy hosting Charlotte FC. Charlotte wins 1-0 on the road. And I don't know if you saw this, but after the game... It's like a half-empty stadium. Chicharito got a red card his first in like 14 seasons or something like that. Something nuts when he was at Chivas like originally. And yeah, half-empty stadium about... The club is in a mess. And there was a video afterwards where like a bunch of the players were like talking to like the supporters group. And they were just like, 
they all just looked just depressed. And then Greg Vanny was there, and then a bunch of fans started like chanting like, "Greg, it's time to go." And like I just saw like a very <laughs> animated discussion with Greg Vanny like talking to fans. It was interesting. I can't even imagine what it would be like to be Greg Vanny in that situation because you know the guy's probably like trying his hardest. I mean, I, not that he's doing a good job by any means, but it's such a just like a broken club. Like they, I think I said this in an earlier podcast. They didn't even have an actual scouting department until after they hired Greg Vanny. So it's like, what more can like a guy do coming into a job like that where they aren't even scouting? They're just looking at like FIFA ratings basically when they're signing their players. I saw an interesting thing on Twitter to, or on the MLS website when they were recapping the games. It was saying like their expected like points is actually pretty good. They're just being like really unfortunate like with these results. And like they're saying like watch like that'll like level off or something when they like they're going to get a new coach fire Vanny. And then, like, the points per game is going to, like, level off. And then they're going to be like, oh, like, this guy turned around the club when it's just probably going to be like, oh, they're getting more breaks now. Yeah. But honestly, for me, I say respect to any fans and players who are, like, quick to actually engage with the supporters. I feel like the easy thing to do would just be to, lock, like, walk right to the locker room. And then you see them, like, liking tweets, like, making fun of, like, the fans afterwards and, like, talking crap. I just saw something similar, like a very, a very specific example you were guiding Patrick, us to. Patrick Bamford for Leeds, because <laughs> um, a lot of people were like, "There's a lot of threads on Twitter, like pointing out like how many points he costed Leeds because he's missed so many like go- shots that would have been like point salvaging or like three point getting goals for his team." And it was like, "Yeah, they'd have like eight more points or like something like that." And then I remember he'd like liked a tweet and they were like yeah it's easy for fans to talk stuff about the game where they're not even professional players what a weird freaking gumbo looking dude i've ever seen bamford yeah bring him to the columbus crew he i could see that man tearing it up for like a year and then just like retiring and then like actually playing in usl like man's Tampa gonna be Bay Rowdies. man's gonna be like pull the DDR Drogba and just like play for Montreal for a couple seasons and then go play for Phoenix Rising. <laughs> it seems like the British like players only go to like warm weather places. Well, yeah, I would do that too if I lived in freaking England, <laughs> Ooglybook Shire, and <laughs> it was cloudy all all year for like my whole life. Anyways. Speaking of the sun, San Jose Earthquakes <laughs> hosting FC Dallas. 1-1 draw. Um, San Jose gets the goal. It was a weird one. It was like a corner kick or a set piece, and then one of their players like goes to head it, and then like there's like a hesitation, and it bounces, and then it's like the goalkeeper saves it as it's going. Like It hits the post, and then the goalkeeper like saves it, but oh, it like crossed yeah. the line already. I saw that. Um and then Kosi Tafari scores in the 94th minute at the death to level it. And then post-game, there was this big brawl that happened. That's why Judson got a red card like 10 minutes in. There was this big, like, kind of scuffle, like, at the, in the pitchway. But how about the Nico Estevez versus Luchi Gonzalez matchup? Former Luchi Gonzalez playing against a or not not playing but coaching against his his previous team. Um, I don't know, man. It's, I mean, I watched the highlights for this game, but 
I don't and even though there's like a late goal, I've almost just come to expect that with FC Dallas this season. Like they just seem like at, just, after the 85th minute, they just get supercharged. They just they just do their thing. That's a solid point for them on the road at San Jose, a pretty it's good place. a really solid San Jose squad. I feel like that's honestly uh kind of both of these teams. They just they're doing like pretty good. Um just quietly plugging ahead going forward. That's right. Next, we have got Seattle Sounders hosting Red Bull New York. Seattle wins 1-0. Jordan Morris with the goal. However, it came with a price as he injured his groin. Not sure when he will be back. That's unfortunate for them. And then Jao Paulo gets a red card, but... You love to see it. You love to see it the week before a Cascadia Cup rivalry, dude. You know what, though? We've been actually bamboozled because I would be excited about this, but they have a midweek game against San Jose. No. <laughs> actually, you but, know, that's fine. Jean Paulo will be rested, but the rest of the team will be tired. And then also the thing is, so yeah, Seattle hosts Portland next week. Me and Chase and the boys are going, but... Seattle has a midweek game, but Portland is the week off or the midweek matchup off. So Portland gets to focus solely on this game, which makes it very, very tasty for Portland fans. It's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, Seattle's still just plugging ahead forward, but without Jordan Morris, I don't know the extent of that injury. But it's like I said last week, if this team wants to find success, they need to find Jordan Morris. They can't seem to score any other way. And guess who assisted them? Leo Chu. Same connection. Dude, if, it's those are the only two. If I was Geo and I saw those two guys on the field, I would say just somebody blow out like Leo Chu's like knee or Jordan Morris. Just get just get one of those guys off the field, and they're just useless after that. Very interesting. Um, I would just sick like Mobiala on him. Why? So he can just man can miss TikTok dance on him afterward. Oh man, we'll get into that in a second here, but um, yeah, it's interesting. A bear. A signing I was really jealous about Seattle for, honestly. I was like, why can't we get a dude like this? But he is—he scored his first two games, and then since then, he has not looked very convincing. He's missed chances like regularly for the team. Rui Diaz was back in a limited capacity, but what's the option now if Morris can't go? Do they go with Rui Diaz? I mean, they can't do a bear for a full game because man is just playing on glass bones and then they've got freddie montero so they got a freaking dinosaur front line <laughs> yeah it's Dad, i don't know i think like the reasons you just described a bear i think that's why a lot of like new york city fans weren't sad to see him go i mean definitely a, like a, a well-seasoned just veteran striker that will add some value to your lineup but not a guy you want to trust for the fall <laughs> I don't know if I got caught or if Isaac's going to have to take that out, but I, Jacob just took a big <laughs> just slurp out of his coffee. <laughs> it's 9 p.m. and I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't think a lot of New York City fans are going to miss Air Bear because he's kind of past it. He's definitely not what he used to be and not a guy you want to anchor your team around. So it'll be interesting to see how they go next week with Rui Diaz most likely coming off the bench, even though this will be a big game, big rivalry game, I don't think they're going to risk him getting injured. So we're probably going to see either a Bear or Freddie Montero up there for a little bit, which as a Timbers fan, I'm kind of fine with. 
Kind of fine with Hebert up there. Yeah, you you take either of those two over a Rui Diaz or a Jordan Morris. Yeah, Rui Diaz hasn't looked the greatest late, but man, that guy's a killer against us, Portland. And then Morris, who's looked fantastic, actually historically hasn't done that great against Portland. So it'll be interesting to see. However, that was all Saturday matches. However, two Sunday matches and Sporting Kansas City hosted Portland Timbers. 4-1 win for SKC. Frank Boldy scored in the eighth minute. And let's just forget about everything else. So I have a theory about this game, actually. We always say Timbers turn up for a good Seattle game when they've been down on their luck. They've been in some poor form. Gio has been getting the locker room ready. He he rolled us out with some poor tactics so we pick up a couple losses and then he can get the boys to turn up for Seattle and get a big win. I don't know what the heck that guy says in the locker room in the Seattle stadium, Lumen Field, but whatever he does, just get these. He's literally never lost there. Dude, man just gets those guys marching out there like they're just a bunch of Spartans that are just ready to go to war. And I love it. I absolutely love it. But, I mean, this game was horrible from the Timbers. Like, it's You know what's sad? So bad. This month started off so promising because at the end of April, you know, we just beat Seattle. And then we had a loss at Cincinnati, which was we played really well. Then we beat St. Louis. Like, okay, we got it. Portland's May was on paper extremely favorable. They had Austin at home. They had Vancouver at home. They had RSL away, Minnesota at home, and then away at Kansas City. Like, should have been money. They got five points out of all those games total. Only one win. And it's by far their easiest stretch in the season. And it's weird. Yeah, Portland seems to always be like this. The games where they should be, you know, winning these games against teams that, you know, aren't the greatest teams. I'd say the same thing about Portland. They're not the greatest team. They can't do it. But against these big, dominant teams in the season, they turn it up. We have that permanent underdog mentality. It's but, weird. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was a really hard game to watch. Like We looked like the better team for the first 30 minutes. It looked like KC was just playing in sand. Like They just were super slow. And as soon as they got that first goal, which should not happen, should never happen. I don't know if he's caught the beginning of the game, but that Eric Tommy in our in the corner manages to dribble to the top of the box and then rip a shot. Shouldn't happen. And then after that, it just was all downhill. Timbers had a couple promising chances, but it was it was terrible. It was like Casey just dominated the rest of the game. Something's got to Yeah, I just, let's just let's focus on Casey because they've had a, they had a really poor start to the season as well. They just lost four zero away. And this is like a great result. Way to bounce back for them. The mentality seems to be coming back for SKC. It definitely, they definitely use their possession to hurt teams. It looks like they just tired the Timbers out by just passing the ball around in the sun for like 60 minutes. Final game of the weekend. Nashville beat Columbus at home 3-1. to Hany Mukhtar with another goal after Columbus scored in the second minute. Nashville just piled on. The Columbus goal was a screamer, though. I don't know if you saw it. It was an absolute banger from Yaya Boa, who has been lighting it up for me in our FM save. Man has been electric. It's Nashville. I don't don't know if I'd say quietly, but second place in the league right now. 
28 points. That's kind of insane because I feel like they didn't have a very good start to the season, but Nashville's never been a team that really excites me. Like, I like a lot of the pieces they have, but I think it's just their play style is just so incredibly boring. It's not it's not exciting. It's nothing to, like, get out of your seat for, but... It's, like, literally what Portland, like, aspires to be. And yeah. then, hey, they cleared their DP tag off of Ake Loba, so now they can they can go big in the summer for a striker, too, which would be even scarier for Nashville. What do you think is more important for them? A striker or a Dax McCarty replacement? Because that guy's got to be coming to the end of his time, and if he's gone, I don't see any real, like, promising players in their midfield. N'Golo Conte come to, <laughs> to Music City. Dude, imagine N'Golo Conte just just perusing up and down Broadway, going from country bar to country bar. He would be an absolute hero in MLS. I think any team he played for would. I think I don't think anybody in the league could hate that guy. He's kind of like the nicer version of Diego Chara. Like he's just an absolute destroyer, but he's got a smile on his face, so nobody can hate him. I hope he never goes to Sounders. I could see Picture how annoying that would be. I could be. see the Sounders pulling some random crap like that and just I would hate it so much. That has been week 15 in MLS. What a week it was and what a way for it to end with the Timbers and Nashville anyways. Let's move on after last week's episode where Jacob and I kind of ranted mid uh mid score reviews. We decided we want to go in a little bit of a different direction with this episode. We're just going to kind of bounce back and forth with some open-ended questions. We're going to call it one-touch questions. Uh, you know, if you've ever played soccer, just a quick one-touch pass back and forth. We're going to try and keep it quick, but it might end up turning into a little bit of a rant. could be a six-hour pod. It could be a long podcast. So I'm going to open it up first with a question for Jacob. And we do not know these questions. Yeah, we, we kept our questions secret from each other. And we're just going to go ahead. I have quite a few here. And I'm just going to start. I'm going to come in hot. Who has the worst mascot in the league? (laughs) This is going to be, it's obscured. None of these really string together with each other at all. So they're just random questions. You get to see our opinions on the league about random obscure things. Who's the worst mascot in the league? I'd love to say Seattle, honestly, but. Do they even have a mascot? They had an orca for a little bit, but. (laughs) Honestly, it wasn't terrible. Like it With fit. all the news coming out about orcas lately, do you change your mind about that? Because I've seen a lot of stuff about how orcas are like trying to flip boats now. Like random, like small boats. Uh, I didn't know that, but... <laughs> <laughs> there's Apparently there's like a random... I don't know. It's like a tagged orca that they know the name of has been like teaching other orcas to like flip people's boats. That's crazy. This is not the tangent I expected to be in. <laughs> immediately you know i'm gonna go with rapid man have you heard of this guy for colorado rapid man look up a picture everybody of rapid man i don't know oh what this god <laughs> i think it's supposed to be like waves on top of his head it's like this just blue mascot with goggles and i i hate saying that this is the worst because i actually really love it but it just seems like such a stretch like why is the rapid like I don't know. This is too oceany for Colorado. That's a good one. That's a good one. If I had to pick, I would go with Cosmo from LA Galaxy. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, I just saw he was actually the only mascot in MLS 
nominated to the National Mascot Hall of Fame this season. <laughs> what a weird-looking guy. Freaking... No. It's just it, like a a furry black ball with, he's like... Alien. <laughs> the best picture on the internet of an MLS. It's, it's just, like, yellow eyebrows and yellow tuft of hair on top of his head. The top-tier MLS lore and he's picture. Wearing, and he's wearing goalie gloves. There's a picture that went viral when Man United played at... LA Galaxy in 2017, and it's Jose Mourinho walking off the field in his tracksuit, and then Cosmo is just holding a sign that says, it's called soccer, just right in front of Mourinho. That's amazing. I, I redact my statement solely for that picture. Can I get a special shout out also to, I just saw this clip because it was Beckham's birthday, California Classico, if you don't know, is San Jose versus LA Galaxy, the original like California rivalry before LAFC. And they had this one really spicy matchup in 2012, and this was the season San Jose won the Supporter Shield. So San Jose was dominating and just, like, way overperforming what San Jose ever does. And they played the Galaxy, and I'm pretty sure they beat the Galaxy at home at Stanford Stadium in front of, like, 60,000 fans. And Beckham just, I forget what happened, but a San Jose player was, like, kind of time wasting at the end of the game beckham just drop kicks a ball from like 45 yards oh i saw that. after the game and hates the guy really impressive like just kick yeah. just to mess like, with the guy he wasting like bends time it around the referee to hit the guy on the ground yeah and then the guy who's on the ground he immediately gets up and runs over and starts like getting in beckham's face and there's a big scuffle and then as the camera is like zooming in on this right before the commercial the San Jose mascot just has a sign that says Sports Center up next. And then it just cuts to commercial <laughs> immediately. So that's amazing. I give like the best meme moment to that fat mascot right there. I don't even know what he's called. I have another nominee for a terrible mascot, and it is Vancouver's Spike the Kingfisher. Look up <laughs> look up a picture of this mascot real quick. I think I. S- it's terrifying when you look at it head on, it's like a weird bird guy wearing a vancouver jersey you know this is just it's it's weird because <laughs> any of the mascots i know i'm gonna already give credit because they are already like you know out there i don't think i've ever seen this and i watch a lot of an, an healthy amount of mls also never, shout out you've never seen spike the kingfisher also shout out to gary the lion who the only picture <laughs> i found on on a picture of him is just him wearing a giant mask the mascot. How about the uh, the Red Bulls fan that would paint himself red and put devil horns on? <laughs> That's just weird. All right, let's move on. You have a you have a question for me. What is the most underrated fan base in MLS? So I'm gonna like exclude like the Cascadia, Ooh. Seattle, Portland, LAFC, Austin, Atlanta. Those you know already kind of renowned fan bases. Most underrated fan base. It has to be in MLS or just in the U.S.? MLS. MLS. In MLS. Oh, man. That's tough because, like, out, outside of the teams that you said, I feel like you see a lot of empty stadiums. But I kind of want to go with San Jose <laughs> solely for Crazy George. Just the crazy old man that comes, like, running out of, like, a drum and just, like, starts beating a smaller drum. But what if you describe I mean, that? It just sounds hilarious. 
I mean, if you're looking just for like pure just excitement and volume, I mean, I'm a little biased because I was in St. Louis, but that was a pretty electric crowd. That was that was pretty cool to see that. So I, I would say St. Louis, but they're not really underrated anymore. St. Louis? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go. I can't think of like a, a crowd that isn't like talked about that is solid. You know who my parents went to go watch a Timbers game in Houston and they said they were like the most hostile crowd they've ever been in. They just had a bunch of people just flipping them off everywhere they went, like yelling at them. That's really random. For mine, I'm going to go Columbus Crew. I feel like you honestly watch crew games and the stadium's pretty packed and the supporters group is loud. I've seen some people who have gone talk about how like it's like extremely loud in their new stadium, lower.com field. I feel like, I don't know, when they're in Map Frey Stadium, like the fans really banded together for that save the crew thing. But when you watch games, it was like kind of a dull atmosphere unless it was like a playoff game or like a big sold out game. So, but now it seems like the place is pretty booming. That's a solid pick. That's a solid pick. All right. Got another question for you here. I'm going to go with a little bit of a meme question. If you could design one Seattle jersey, how would you design it? What would it be? Uh, you're talking about the Sounders, man. <laughs> In honor of us going to Seattle next week, this could be a quick one because I got plenty of other questions. Most Seattle fans are so nice, too, so it's really unfortunate that I... Despise you know, them. when you go there, like, people banter with you and flip you off and stuff, you know, whatever. But, like, if you talk to them, like, one-on-one, most fans, I feel like, have been super, like, respectful and nice. So, if I had to, dude, you know what I just saw when I was watching the, the game yesterday versus Red Bull? Remember that, like, blue jersey they had? It had, like, the Halo Xbox or something on it. Oh, and yeah. it was, like like this blue with like these white specks and like a it was like a darker blue and then like a sea teal blue they they really like could utilize the blue in their scheme or i'd say like a lighter blue sort of like oceany not like a man city but like a like an ocean sort of kit or something i agree i think i think the dark blue is not utilized enough with them but I'll move on because that was that was a quick question. I got plenty of other ones. It was kind of more of like a joke one to throw at you. Um, name your next three expansion teams in order and why you would choose them. What do I think or what do I want? Let's go with what you what you th- want. What what are the next three expansion teams you would want and why would you want them in the league? In I, order, I think you. I think Las Vegas just makes too much sense. Mm-hmm. I think. That will be like the biggest like away day, like section to go to, and you'll get so many casuals there no matter what, just because it's something to do, and that they attract so many people there. Um, I think that would be a really interesting one. So I want to say them. I want to say Phoenix because it's another area of the country I feel like could be more represented. Mm-hmm. We don't really have like a desert team. So Vegas and Phoenix would be two, which would be, I think, kind of cool. And then it's tricky. I want to say, I don't think it'll happen, but I'd like to see some state get a team that doesn't have anything else. New Mexico United would be interesting. There's no pro sports teams there. 
like how Oklahoma City have the thunder in the NBA. That's kind of weird, but cool in my opinion. How about give me a team in Green Bay, Wisconsin, or Milwaukee. Just bring in soccer to the area of the country that has no soccer in it yet. Forward Madison SC, that team in USL with the Flamingos that has those crazy kits. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I would love that. I, How about you? I'm going to go. I agree. I think Las Vegas is kind of like the clear and obvious one um, for the next one to go into. It's just such an easy destination to, to plug soccer into. Um, after that, I would say Phoenix is kind of the next big one. And then I'm I'm kind of stuck on a third one. So a third one, I think it'd be really cool to utilize like Hawaii in some way. I think that people over there, they don't really have any like professional sports teams. So they'd really band together and get behind any sort of team they could have over there. Not to mention it'd be a huge away day for any MLS like fan base. I think a lot of people would want to travel away to that. Also, I'm torn between Reno, Reno, Nevada. The Reno Las Vegas. They had a little USL derby, but that's, then Reno went defunct. It was kind of sad. That's what I was thinking. Reno and Las Vegas. If you have Las Vegas in the league, and you really want to drive like the narrative behind them, if you throw in Reno and you have some weird casino-based like rivalry name, I could see that really, really just popping off. And it'd be, it, I could see it becoming like the new like El Trafico, like where they just kind of manufacture this rivalry and just absolutely like blow it up. Dude, give me, you said Hawaii, I'll take your Hawaii and I'll raise it. Give me in Alaska, the Juno slush puppies. <laughs> slush puppies? Dude, I I think Hawaii would be a, a, a sweet shout. Though. I think that'd be pretty awesome. Hawaii would be legit. Um, they're opening, there's like this big football stadium, I think, um, for one of the college teams. And they've hosted, like, the Pro Bowl there in the NFL. It's pretty much their all-star game. And they were saying they were building it for soccer in mind. So maybe the national team will get a friendly there. Well, dude, and imagine, like, if you were to put an MLS side there. Like, we always talk about how L.A. and Miami have such a draw for, like, foreign, like, DP players. Imagine Hawaii. Like, who doesn't want to go live in Hawaii and get paid millions of dollars to play soccer every day? Sounds like a tough life. Honestly, yeah. All right, you got you got another question for me. What is the best and worst stadium in MLS? Ooh, best and worst. Bias aside, if we're going like off, I mean, this is really tough because I'm gonna say worst. I want to go with uh, I don't know the name of it. But the stadium that DC was playing in. That, the, the old one? Yeah. RFK? RFK. They don't play there anymore, do they? Nope. That or um, Chicago Stadium. Soldier Field? Soldier Field. Just a massive stadium. I'm sure it's pretty nice, but in terms of like a soccer atmosphere, terrible. You, the, Way too big. Yeah, and it's sad because most nights it's pretty dead there, unfortunately. But when they do pack it out, it's pretty pretty crazy. I think the first time the Galaxy played there, Chicharito's first game there, and it was like really packed. It was like a cool atmosphere. Like their supporters group is kind of unique for MLS, and it's it's really cool. Yeah. How about best? Best stadium, 
I mean, if I'm being biased, I want to say the Timbers Stadium. It's not the best by any means because it's not necessarily the newest, most updated. I just love the history behind it. It's right in the center of Portland. The history of how it was originally a Greyhound dog racing track. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of adapted over the years. It was a baseball stadium and now it's soccer specific, of course. But, I mean, having gone to a couple other stadiums, St. Louis has a really sweet stadium. I, I really like St. Louis's stadium. Like, all street level, you walk in, you go down towards the field from there. Just super nice, really wide open, easy to traverse around the stadium. Really great food. I think I think St. Louis is probably up there. For me, worst stadium, I'm gonna go New England, and similar, <laughs> That's a good show. similar to Chicago, it's it's, and they actually have been getting a decent amount of fans since they've been um, performing well. But man, it's just it's just tough to watch. Like it just Way doesn't too big. doesn't look that great. But same thing when they play in the playoffs, like I think in 2021 where they got upset, man, it was packed and they were opening up the stadium and it was like really good atmosphere so it's like if they could only do that like every week or like most weeks it would be really cool to watch but as of now not not really the best but man i think they average like 21k or something a, a week so it's like they just had their own stadium that was smaller it looked great if they had a stadium like the size of like the timber stadium it'd be perfectly fine be great that, timbers yeah. i think holds about 23 to twenty six thousand people or something like that 25 i want to say yeah which is this is off topic but Luton Town just getting promoted to the Premier League. Do you know how many people their stadium holds? Uh, no, but I've been seeing endless because yeah, looking at their stadium is pretty awesome, and there's like surrounded by houses and stuff. But I've seen so many memes of people just making fun of that. It's like this stadium could be playing in the Premier League next season. Imagine, and it's like people just sending like a meme because it's just been used and shared so many times. Their stadium holds ten thousand people, and the away end fans when they enter, you walk up like a metal staircase where you're literally just looking into like other people's backyards as you like walk into the stadium. Love it. But best stadium. I'm not going to pick Portland, even though obviously bias included, I would probably pick them. I want to say RSL really underrated. The view there is incredible. Like one of the best views I've seen, like just on the internet before I even went there one time the mountain range behind with the snow on top is like so unique. You don't see anything like it very hardly anywhere in the world. And then the seats are all like in great proximity to the field. There's no like, um, what, I don't know why I can't think, but there's no like anything like blocking the, no the obstructions, view. no obstruction of view. And it's just like, the shape is perfect. Like everywhere you get a complete view of the field. The screen's big. Food was cheap. Um, parking was kind of tricky. But other than that, that's my only complaint. That was the nice thing about St. Louis as well is when they designed it, they designed it so no fan would be further than I think like 210 feet from the field, no matter where you're at in the stadium, what seat you're in. So every every seat was really close to the action. You don't really get a bad seat no matter where you're at, which would explain why their tickets are so freaking expensive. Well, that's because you have to pay to accommodate for the dog-only section. <laughs> you got to pay to accommodate for all the seats that that took up. All right. Going on to another question. I have so many here, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to pick 
something. Um, if you were able to add any rules to the league, what would it be and why? Any rules, regulations, any sort of change in that aspect of the league? Anything. I'd love to see the salary cap increase like by twice the amount, but I don't know if that's what we mean. I'd love to see Adidas break away with the the kit sponsorship thing. And I love Adidas. I like Adidas more than any other brand, but sometimes they can be so stale. This year was actually pretty good. We talked about this at the beginning of the podcast series. But, man, give us some Nike. Give us some Puma. Give us some Under Armour. I want to see some other kits. That's funny you say that because you're literally wearing a Nike shirt right now. You're saying Adidas is your favorite brand. but And I'm wearing an Adidas hoodie right now, and I was about to say that I like Nike better. Um, but... I agree. I, I think that's a good shout. Um, add a little bit more diversity, especially with Nike being a, a U.S.-based brand. Um, I was thinking more so on the field, and if I were to add a rule, there was that rule that Arsene Wenger talked about not too long ago about getting rid of throw-ins from within your own half. Because if you look at like the data of throw, like um, when you look at the data of turnovers off throw-ins, it's extremely high. So if you concede a throw-in in your own half, you're a lot more likely to turn over possession versus if you concede a, like a free kick. So he had implemented a rule where you take a kick in from the sideline when it's in your own half. And then I think in the last like certain amount of time in the game, it extends to like the full field or something like that. But I thought that would be a really interesting um, addition to the league because you would see a lot more. It'd be played out similar to like a free kick where – teams kind of retreat and they don't really try and engage like a high press from there because they could be beaten with a long kick. I would love to see that. The only thing I feel like might cause it problems is I feel like teams could just like play these like incredibly quick, like long balls in their own half. And like a lot of people would complain about that, but I would love to see that. You know what I want to see again? Goalie wars. (laughs) <laughs> they brought it back this for the last All-Star year game? for the All-Star game, but they didn't televise it. So literally, what was the point? So 8,000 people can watch it during the skills challenge? <laughs> I would love to see that. Um, also, old school MLS penalties. Hey, I love the argument for it. You know, I people have made the point. The statistical percentage of... Like the XG of most penalty kicks when they're given in the box is nowhere near comparable to the xg of an actual penalty and it's much closer to the old school 90s mls penalties so if you're looking about like what's more fair based on the penalties that are given makes sense and i mean the i think mls did like a random video a while back like going into playoffs and they're asking players they're showing like a lot of like the foreign players a video of the old school mls like penalties and they're asking them about it and a lot of the players even said it's a it's more of a true test of skill after playing like 120 minutes. The guys who have enough in their legs to like sprint at goal and then put a finish away rather than just walking up to the ball. I mean, yeah, it's like a completely different way with your nerves and everything when you have a still ball and you're sitting there staring at the goalkeeper. But I absolutely love the idea. And I, I think with what you're saying with the XG thing, 
I mean, maybe there's a way to work out where you have both based on the XG, based on what type of foul, where it occurred in the box, but that just opens up a whole another can of worms with VAR and all the other stuff that gets discussed with it. But I would love to see penalties like that. I think it's way more exciting to watch. One more thing that I really hate that I don't think is really unique to MLS, but I hate, I think we need to change the definition of VAR. I hate how what they're looking for is if it's clear and obvious instead of just getting the call right. Mm-hmm. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, v- VAR is so just up in the air, and it seems like it's different every week, no matter where you're at, like across the world. It's just it's not consistent, and I think that comes down to the rules not being completely ironed out. Like with the handball thing, how do you really determine? what is a natural position on somebody's body and how close of a proximity they are to the ball. It's just, it's a whole can of worms that gets opened up and it's just way too complicated. But I mean, it's for the better of the game. You get a lot of calls that end up being correct more so than if it wasn't there. Next up. You have any more questions for me or you want me to keep going? I do. Who is your, the streets won't forget player in MLS. If I had to pick one, I would say Dyron Espria, but he hasn't like retired. He hasn't left the league yet. But I think Dyron Espria will definitely be up there with just his random skill moves. As a Timbers fan, I have a lot of like random like streets won't forget. Like Lucas Milano or Gaston Fernandez, both those guys were just ballers. But if I'm looking across the league, um, the guy who scored those bangers for uh, Vancouver, like Eric Hasley or. <laughs> Yeah, that's a pull right there. That guy is like a streets won't forget. Give me um, an East Coast one now. Now it's West. An East Coast. Uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Um, the dude that played for Montreal. He was like their their main guy in Montreal for a long time. Back in like Piotti? 20. Yes, Ignacio Piotti. Him or um, uh, Higuain at, Col- at Columbus. Dude, remember that? random like streak of a couple of years where he was scoring these chip goals from like 30 yeah. yards out every like every other season it was nuts yeah the, i think those two guys for me are just like random players that probably won't get talked about enough but just carried like pretty crappy teams along for a while like columbus without higuain definitely would have made like the cup that year that they did when they lost to portland and montreal would have been just completely obsc- like nobody would have even thought about them twice had it not been for Piotti just carrying that team. 100%. What about you? Who's your streets won't forget? West Coast or Western Conference, Fabian Castillo, dude. Remember that guy just lit up the – he was electric just on the dribble and just – I signed that guy in every FIFA career mode I did for like five years in a row. (laughs) That guy was awesome. Really fun player to watch. Or Kakuta Mane. Kakuta Mane is a solid shout he as well. <laughs> he literally came to my mind when I was thinking about it. But beside him, oh, man, I'm going to go BWP, Bradley Wright Phillips. Really? Just, I, think, I think he's – is he, like, too well-known, though? You know, I w- he is, but it's like – I don't know. I just – it was a fun era of the league where he's scoring in all these big playoff games. I can do another one. I'll go Jack McInerney. Yeah, that's the shout I was looking for. Philly, the, Montreal. The baggy shorts, little goblin guy just scored bangers on everybody, dude. They called him the American Chicharito, dude. <laughs> and that guy, 
was nuts for that stretch. I remember he got called up to the Gold Cup, I think, and fun another like fun era of MLS, honestly. All right, I'm gonna counter that. Who's a player right now that you think is like has the potential to be a streets won't forget player? Oh boy. I'm going to go with like a Jeremy Abobasi right now. I think that guy is going to be somebody that they'll be talking about in the future. This also just came to my mind. Another player who's just long gone, but we've already talked about a handful of times. Mike Gorilla. That's, that's another one. <laughs> that's a really good shout. He came to my mind as well. Another one I was thinking of was, um, oh, he was who I was going to pick instead of BWP. I don't know why I said him. Uh, Ilsenio. From uh, Philly Union. Skilsino, dude. He would come off the bench in like the 80th minute and just sauce a player and just slot it home to like... Heck yeah, dude. And that was when Philly wasn't really as good as they are now, so really awesome. I think another shout for a guy who's playing currently that'll be a Streets Won't Forget that isn't like the traditional mold of that like title, which this title for anybody who doesn't know, Streets Won't Forget is generally like a not like super like well awarded player that nobody really talks about but a guy who just like kind of popped off with like random like skill moves and goals that like everybody will talk about like long into the future like he makes the highlight reel and i think that's going to be bill tulioma dude everybody's gonna be talking about like a, the center back that just scored like banger free kicks and would like dribble up into the midfield randomly um for me right now is tricky i feel like Man, yeah, I'm trying to think of somebody because I got like candidates, but I'm, they're not really like goal scorers or anything. So throw them out, throw them out there. I want to know. I was thinking Latif Blessing. That guy kind of pops off, although not like in a highlight real way, but he just one of those solid players for your team. Johnny Russell for that for me was that just randomly just doesn't seem you look at the dude and he looks like just a viking and then he just randomly can just skill past five players on the dribble and slot it in far post i definitely he would be up there although he's slowing down oh man i'm gonna have to come back to this that's that's fair that, those are some good candidates those are some good candidates. i think Dyron espria out of current mls players is by far the guy who's gonna get it it'd have to be Dyron because he's just so just Pops off with the most obscure skill moves out of nowhere. All right. I got one last question for you before we kind of wrap it up here. Um, oh, man, this is tough because I got a few I want to ask you. So I'll have to do this again in the future, and I'll just keep these saved. Want to go rapid fire? You want rapid fire questions? All right. I got about five more questions, and I want some rapid fire answers from you. Why do you think the MLS is the best league in the world. Parody. You have in England, five winners out of the last six seasons. Germany, 11 times in a row, Bayern Munich. France is run by PSG, although Lille just won it. Monaco in 2017, I believe. Um, Italy was dominated by Juve, although that's kind of changed the last couple of years. MLS... Last six years, six different teams have won the league. I agree completely. And even like in those other leagues where you see like different teams win, all their best players just get bought up by the best teams. That like PSG is most likely just going to go and buy like Leo players, and they're all going to get sold off to different teams. Um, Leicester won the league, and they lost their best two players immediately, and 
and England back in, what, 2015 or 2016? All right, moving on. Do you think the league is better now, or was it better five to ten years ago? And this could be your own definition of better. It doesn't have to be quality of play. It could be entertainment. It could be the lore. It could be anything. Quality of play, better now. Lore, memes, and entertainment, I'd say like five years ago was pretty peak MLS. It was the last year where we had those uh, two-legged playoff series, and that just made playoffs so fun dude the away goals i mean away goals are kind of um controversial i could do without them honestly but the two-legged series were really awesome and i don't know it mls is getting a little more like mainstream now and a lot of like bigger clubs are scouting these teams more and there's a lot more attention on it but back then it kind of felt like it wasn't as big so you had a little more like I, don't, I wouldn't say pride, but it was like a sense of like you were kind of a part of something supporting the league. I agree because it almost seemed like back then, since it wasn't so big, it wasn't covered as well. Like to be able to find out stuff about the league, it was way harder to find coverage and like websites and stuff where people talked about it. You had to go on like a deep dive on Reddit or Twitter to find any like cool information and no real statistics on the league. All right. Next one. You kind of led me into it. If you had to change the playoff format or the league format, how would you change it? We just talked about it. The two-legged series, I think too many teams make the playoffs as well. I think since we've got 29 going to 30 teams, I'd say I think seven in each conference is perfect. That way you have a little under half of the league makes the playoffs. I like it. I like it. I kind of agree. I got a really random shout that will never happen. So I think you shorten up the amount of teams that make it into the playoffs. You do less teams in the playoffs. You go back to two legs all the way up until the cup final. Whoever has the higher supporter shield finish hosts the final. But I think you take the same amount of teams and you do the bottom of the league. And you do a wooden spoon playoff. So you go wooden spoon. If you win, you're out. If you lose, you go on to the next round. If you lose again, you go on to the next round. You just keep going until you get to the, like the two worst losers, and they play in a final against each other. And whoever loses that is awarded the wooden spoon. And you make them walk up on a stage. You make them accept the wooden spoon. <laughs> you make them do like a just a depressed like trophy lift. And then they get some sort of like since there's no relegation, they get some sort of penalty towards next season. I'd say. You make them do a trophy lift. <laughs> you make them do a trophy lift. Man, what a said if if Portland. You had a home game in that. Would Dude, you go to that? You know what would be so crazy about I? I don't know. You know what would be so crazy? I don't think they would ever do that because fans would probably hate it. But I would absolutely love that because can you imagine like your team season ends, you're not in the playoffs, and then you just get put in this wooden spoon playoff, and you have to wait and hope your team doesn't lose five times in a row to lift up a trophy of like worst losers. That's just depressing. <laughs> I, I think that would be amazing. I got one for you real quick. All right. So MLS now, the MLS Cup final, one game, and it's hosted by the higher seed. So you can host MLS Cup. Up until 2011, that was at a neutral site. Is it time to go back to the neutral site? Uh, I like the idea of a neutral site, but I don't think it's good for the league because I think having the higher seed host it puts more emphasis on the league play. 
I think it, it makes, you know, it makes your position in the league a little bit more valuable. So if you do make it like, for example, Portland got to host the cup a couple years ago when they played against New York City. And that was just purely because they were just a little bit higher than New York City in, in points that year. And as a Portland fan, I don't know if that's ever going to happen again, like with how our team plays and with how the league is evolving. So it's really cool that you kind of randomly get stuff like that. It would be cool to like Portland hosts uh, the final no matter what, and you get to see two teams join in. Um, and then it almost, almost becomes like a tourist hub based on like, you know, whatever, whatever city is hosting it. But I think it puts more importance on the league for the higher seed to be able to host. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think I like the, I like the fact that if your team makes and is the best team standing in your conference, then you get rewarded to host that. As a fan, you get a, the potential chance. It'll you know it's always really hard to get tickets, but you have the potential to watch your team host the biggest trophy in the league at home. Whereas, picture that like they scrap the rule next year, and then your favorite club makes the thing, and you would have hosted it normally. But instead, the MLS Cup is in Nashville or something, and you got to fly like way further out, and it'd be a lot more difficult. Yeah, I think you would see way emptier stadiums for the final as well because MLS fans aren't as dedicated to travel all the way across the country. I think. Well, and I, that's part of the reason they changed it, I believe. But I wouldn't say it's dedication. I'd say it's more just finances and how difficult it is to travel. Yeah, I think that's more unless it's like, you know, people do it for like the Super Bowl, but that's like that's over way here. Different. Yeah. It'd be cool to see MLS get to the point where it is like that though, where no matter what you'd have about half and half fans in each place or yeah. If you got lucky enough where you made it to the final of the year, you were assigned host. I think that would be pretty awesome. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, I got three more questions. We'll be super quick here. Would you ever want MLS and Liga MX to combine leagues or share teams, similar to how we've shared a th- a three Canadian teams have joined the league? Absolutely not. I think <laughs> that would be terrible. Liga MX is actually the most popular league in America, uh, in the USA, by viewership. And I think you'd see... Anytime an MLS team hosts a Liga MX team, it would just be completely flipped. You would have Liga MX fans who actually live in that city who support the Liga MX team coming into fan club, just out or like outnumbering the home fans, which I think would be unfair. And I don't know. It seems almost to the point now where they need us more than we need them. The trajectory of MLS is going up, whereas Liga MX is having trouble playing their players. There's all these things where fans are getting killed. It's not every day, but there's all these troubles with like fans being overly aggressive. I just think the viewership is higher for Liga MX, but I think MLS has a better future, if that makes sense. I agree. I agree. I think it's a fun idea, but to the extent of like League's Cup. I think League's Cup is the perfect like happy medium for any sort of combination between the leagues. It would be interesting to see a few teams that would like want to secede from like Liga MX and join MLS just because like if our league does becomes like much higher than Liga MX and we have a way more like better global standing, but that's like way off in the future. All right. I lied. I only have one more question for you. Last question. What is your ideal MLS all-star format? 
it's it's one we haven't seen in a while, but I would really love to see it. MLS All Stars versus U.S. Men's National Team. <laughs> I hate that idea just give so me it, much. Just give me it once, please. I hate that idea so much, dude. It, I think it would be fun because either I don't think MLS is ready for East versus West again. I think they'd pack it out, but I don't think the buzz would be there as much. Um, the Euro thing was fun. I enjoyed watching it while it lasted, but I think that's fizzled out. Liga MX versus MLS All-Stars was cool, but seen it already. Dude, this would get the Euro snobs tuning in. This would get the MLS diehard lovers tuning in, and they'd just be at each other's throats. Put it in like some stadium in the middle of the country and just have these two teams duke it out. I understand where you're coming from, but I think it's just going to be memed on way more than anything else. Like, the MLS, like, All-Stars are going to beat our national team, like, 2-0 or something, and it's just going to become, like, a huge meme that our national team can't even beat, like, a bunch of retired European players in MLS. But we say that, but that's the exact type of people we we don't... Those people are going to be there either way, because the MLS All-Star isn't retired euro players anymore it's younger south american middle-aged kind of players now it's so for that's your ideal like if you wanted to sit down and you want the mls all-star like event to be perfect for you that's what you'd want to see i would take that because at the end of the day it's entertainment it's something we haven't seen we only seen it once it's it would be (laughs) unique to world sports actually no other sports league in the world does anything like that and, I mean, it'd be an American league and an American national team, whereas unless it's East versus West or something, then it's some foreign-based entity that a lot of people don't have a connection with. I can see it. I can see it. I think for me, I have a couple options. I love the East versus West idea. I think that would be really awesome, and it would be a cool rivalry thing. It'd be really cool for them to see them block out more time and do like a two-legged affair of East versus West, and you have it on both sides of the country. You get one East game, one West game. I think also, for me, what I would really prefer to see, which I think would be awesome, is just keep it all in league, and you do all North American players. That's Canadian, U.S., Mexican versus foreign All-Stars. So any foreign players within the league who are going to be All-Stars versus North American All-Stars I think that'd be awesome. I think there'd be a lot of hype around it. You would see a lot of like, you would probably see a big fan base of people rooting, obviously, for like the North American players. But I think it'd be kind of a cool seeing guys play against their own teammates in like an all-star game like that. I really like that idea. But my only critique is what you just alluded to. I feel like nobody would support the four. Well, actually, you know, that's not true. I feel like the more casual Euro snobby fans would support Ooh, we got Insigne and Chiellini on this team. And I think, yeah, I think it would be cool to kind of see a lot of, like, our domestic talent just pitted up solely against, like, all these, like, I mean, stereotypically, they're, like, the more, like, big money contract, like, European players. But, I mean, you'd see guys like Tiago Amada get mixed into that. You would see, like, a lot of younger, like, South American guys get mixed into that as well. Alan Velasco versus John Tolkien. (laughs) You know what would be pretty cool as well is an MLS Next All-Star team versus an MLS alumni team. 
Bring back a bunch of like the retiree the guys heads. versus like the up and coming like youngsters. Demarcus Beasley and Landon Donovan. Dude, that would be pretty. That'd be pretty cool, actually. Matt Beasley just <laughs> going all in on these players. Dude, that would be that. I actually, I need to start a campaign for that because that'd be pretty sweet to see. You know, a bunch of like those MLS like alumni guys would get in on that too. Absolutely, absolutely. So. Wrapping it up this week, we're going to do some match predictions. More more MLS madness coming as we head into the League's Cup. LAFC actually plays the first leg of their CCL final this week. We'll, we'll predict the second game, which will be in LA. But for now, we've got three matchups. First off is Dallas, FC Dallas hosting Nashville. What do you have? I don't even know what to think anymore, dude. I've been so bad with my predictions. You're nearly double my points right now. I have to be, like, perfect almost for the rest of the year. But I don't know because this is tough. I want to say a Nashville win, but they're in Dallas. Dallas is just going to pull, like, a late goal out of nowhere. Um, I think Dallas is going to pull this one out. I think Dallas being at home, I think they're going to pull out a 2-1 win against nashville i think nashville might get an early goal dallas is gonna have to plug away and get back at them but they have the facilities to do such things i'm going one one draw i think dallas gets on the board first and then haney mukhtar gets a goal at the towards the end of the game fair enough fair enough next up minnesota hosting toronto fc and i just see your result you just type on the screen what do you have for us i'm going nil nil these are just two boring teams I think the Italians are just either not going to show up or not be there. Minnesota is going to sit back and defend way too deep. They don't have anything really going forward unless they're playing in Portland. Um, so, yeah, Quick. I think it's going to be a, just a boring nil-nil draw. Can you name a player who's played on both Minnesota and Toronto? Zarek Valentin. Oh, wait, no, I thought you were going to say Minnesota and Portland. <laughs> Minnesota and Toronto. He's currently on Minnesota. No. Kamar Lawrence. Oh, my gosh. I forgot he was at Minnesota. Dude dude was Lights locked out down for, for a while. Yeah. For Red Bulls. Um, I'm going 3-1 Toronto. Um, they had that big win. Um, I think they'll ride a little bit of momentum. Bernadeschi's back. I think he's going to have a point to prove. I don't know if you saw, <laughs> but when he got like banned from that game or whatever, or left off the squad, he posted this like stat thing on his Instagram story, and it was just like, it looked like a fan edit made this, but it was just like Bernadeschi stats to the first like third of the season or whatever. And it was like most in goals, most in assists, most in XG for Toronto. It was just all these things, but he posted it just on his own story. So hey, good for you, dude. Don't I think vape on a plane somewhere, you loser. <laughs> I think he'll come back with a vengeance, though, in all honesty. But so I said 3 1 Toronto winning away. Final one, Chase's favorite team other than seattle st louis he always has good things to say st louis hosting houston holy moly st louis gonna blow him out of the water 4-1 dude see i was thinking something similar but ben olsen's guys seem pretty disciplined i mean they had nine men on the field versus seattle and barely lost i think they're they're a stingy team to break down you got daniel Starez anchoring the back line back there <laughs> steve clark is still a great goalkeeper daniel Starez needs to retire that guy's been freaking in the league forever i think st louis wins but i don't think they put 
that much on them. I, I went 2-0 St. Louis. I think St. Louis is going to tear this team apart. I think, I, I mean, Houston, yeah, they're playing against Seattle, but not a full-strength Seattle. Um, yeah, they were at nine men, but if you, I mean, if you do that to St. Louis, they press in such like an insane way. They're just going to be pulling the ball off you just nonstop. I, I think St. Louis is going to tear this team apart. And Matt, I mean, you got freaking Hector Herrera in the midfield. He's man, a, he, he's had a good season this year. Yeah, he's had an okay season, but <laughs> dude, dude is so slow. There's no chance he can keep up with St. Louis's midfield. Jared Stroud just gonna be up to his antics, <laughs> screaming at everybody's face when he. Jared Stroud's just gonna be like pulling his jersey, like pulling the badge and like putting it in Hector Herrera's face and just being like calling for a yellow card for whatever reason. God, what a dweeb. Jared Stroud, please come on the show. <laughs> no, please send your brother Peter Stroud onto the show for us. I didn't even check to see if Keegan Hughes made it into his game this week. Did you see by chance? <laughs> no. That's all right. That's fair enough. We we got to wrap this up. We've been going for a little while. Another long one. Another day where me and Chase actually get to spend some time together in the studio. So always dangerous <laughs> times for us. That's been episode 16 of the MLS Net Boys podcast. I was just thinking about that like yesterday because I, w- I was talking with um, some of my girlfriend's family and like, it's funny, I haven't told very many people that we're doing the podcast and whenever I tell people, they're like, you do a podcast? And everybody's like so surprised. Same here. And then, um, yeah, it's kind of funny to think that like, uh, we've been doing this for nearly four months now and like nobody knows about it, but we aren't really the best at self-promoting. By the way, Keegan Hughes did not make it into the game. But will he make it on the podcast? If he knows what's good for him, he will. Do you imagine him just sitting in this room with us? We fly him out here <laughs> Man, to Oregon. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dox you and give your address away right now. But maybe we can get him on a Zoom call or something. <laughs> Dude, if I was some rookie MLS drafty who's relatively not super known. Outside of the league or outside of Columbus, even. Hey, man, what I are you would, talking about? He's got a super fan right here in Salem. That's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. I would be absolutely jumping on the chance to go on some random podcast. You don't think he has anything better to do than to come on a random pod? You don't think he's like, dude? I got to do my laundry and like meal prep for the week and like get like go wash my car like. You mean things, gotta, things that take like two hours total in a week? Man's dude, that's what <laughs> that's how long this podcast takes, <laughs> if not longer. <laughs> we, we just need fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes of Keegan Hughes time. I don't know why I'm I'm not making a good case to get him on the show, but Keegan Hughes, we love you. That has been episode sixteen. We're gonna wrap it up. Keegan Hughes, come on the show, and that is it from us. Have a good night.